Good morning. morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very glad to see you all here today. Um, Before we get into our service, um, I need to uh, bring up some sad news. I know many of you may have already seen an email from Sue Adamski about this, and thank you, Sue, if you're watching for um, handling that communication. Um, But if you have not seen that email, Yesterday afternoon, Doug Thayer passed away. Um, We don't have a whole lot of information just yet. I'm going to go see Tammy after the service. Um, So when I know more um, and it's appropriate, I will share with you. Uh, We also have Dorothy Newman's funeral on Wednesday morning. Um, So if you are free um, and able to come to that, I know she would appreciate it. Dorothy's been a member here for how long? <laughs> Many years. We'll go with that. Um, and I know she really loved this church and loved you guys. So um, it's probably going to be a rough day for all of us. Um, we just got to do the best we can. Um, remember that no matter where we are in our journey, God is walking with us. And try to take some hope and joy in the fact that we know that God has prepared a place for us and we will all be together in that place in God's time. Um, So do we have, oh, I have one more announcement before I give it to Barb. Uh, We are going to move the church council meeting from this Tuesday to next Tuesday um, just because it's going to be a kind of crazy week. So um, if you are on council, Write that down. I'll try to remember to send an email as well. And if you would like to come to the meeting, there is time for public comments and stuff. Um, so don't come this Tuesday because no one will be here. It's on. Oh, okay. A lot of what I was going to say isn't important anymore. But we will have, if de-decorating the tree after the service, for anyone that would like to help, um, please feel free to stay, but don't feel that you have to. Yep, it's going to be a rough week. Um, At this time, if you're able or if you'd just like to stay seated in the red folder, We're going to be singing Shine, Jesus, Shine.
Okie dokie. Um, hey, Teresa, are we going to do the Jesus, the light of the world? Are we going to attempt it? Okay, you got it. So let's just skip right on to our opening prayer that we will read together. You are our hiding place, O God. You preserve us from trouble and deliver us from death. You teach us your wisdom and show us your grace by honoring the weak and forgiving the wicked. All glory and praise be to you, for justice and mercy meet in you, through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. And as we prepare for our offering, in sharing ourselves, we reflect God's vision of love and justice for the world. Let us give freely so that the ministry of Jesus Christ may flourish in this community and beyond. of the doxology. Please rise. bless these tithes and offerings that our gifts may embody your vision of the kingdom and bless those who are vulnerable, oppressed, and seeking justice. In Jesus' name, amen. And be seated. And now it's time for the children to come up.
it's good to see a smiling face. I love your bunny. We got a bunny, we got a horse, Adidas, Nike, and a Squishmallow. So how are you guys doing this morning? So today, I want to read you a story out of here. Um, but I have a question first. You got, have you guys all been baptized? I think, yes, I have. I was there for yours. Uh-huh. Not yet, okay. Well, he can answer the question anyway, so it's all right. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> we'll do it in the summer, put a sprinkler out, it'll be fine. Um, and hopefully the bishop didn't hear that. Um, so, do you guys remember your baptism? Nah. I kind of remember, I think. Really? Yeah, because I'm always going to remember when I was a baby. That wouldn't surprise me. You guys were all probably really little when you got baptized, so you probably don't remember, but that's okay. Um, something that we do sometimes, and we haven't done it in a while, and I think we're going to need to do it again soon, is a remembrance of our baptism. Um, the whole congregation does it together, but that's not going to be today. Um, today, I want to read you the story about when Jesus got baptized. Okay? So, real quick, who do you think that is? Good call. Do you know who this is? Nope. This is his cousin John, John the Baptist, okay? So, Jesus' cousin John the Baptizer was in the wilderness. John was inviting people to be baptized. The people came to John to confess the things that they had done wrong and promised to do better. Then John took them into the Jordan River and baptized them. Jesus traveled from his home in Nazareth to the place where John the baptizer was baptizing people in the river. John baptized Jesus. When Jesus came up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven open up, and the Spirit, like a dove, came down and rested on him. And there was a great voice from heaven that said, You are my son. I love you. You make me happy. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So, I wonder, what makes you guys happy? What kind of things? When I get new stuff and I complete stuff. And when the you said, you are my son, I know we're speaking it, it's God. That's right, it was God. What about you, what makes you happy? Watching TV. Watching TV, okay. What about you guys, what makes you happy? Stuff, things, uh, birthday parties, maybe, days when there's no school. Yes. Yes, Yes, we had three of those. Yes, I know. Believe me, I know. Okay, focus, focus, focus. Okay, so. Our baptisms can be something we can always think back to 
It's something that can make us happy because it's a very special day in our lives. Because a big part of what happens when we're baptized is the congregation promises to help us, to take care of us, and help us to grow and learn. And it just helps make that family that we have here with us that much stronger. Okay? That sound pretty good? I think it sounds pretty good. All right. I need your help with one thing. Not the Lord's Prayer, because we have communion, so we'll do it later. But I was wondering if we could do a repeat after me prayer. Okay, you ready? Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus and the Spirit to live within us so that we can do things that make you happy. Amen. Thank you guys so much for coming up. If you want to grab a sucker, you can. It, it'll happen eventually, I promise. Good job. High five. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Okay. All right. If everyone else, uh, you can remain seated. Uh, our next hymn is number 467, Trust and Obey.
time that we bring before God and God's people the things that weigh heavily upon our hearts and our minds, as well as those that give us cause for great joy. In addition to our prayers for Tammy um, and the rest of the Thayer family and friends, do we have any other joys or concerns we'd like to lift up this morning? Hi, everybody. This is supposed to also, Pastor Michael, be your reminder to say the same thing I'm going to say. We have a new addition to our family. We have our German exchange student, Jacob, here. Um, he's been with us now, which seems like an eternity, I'm sure, um, two weeks, a little over two weeks. So it has been super fun. Um, so come talk to him. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's fun. We enjoy him. And that's your cue, Sarah said, to remind you to say the same thing. I just want to remind that tomorrow will be Bible study at 10 o'clock. We're doing the book of Daniel. We're doing chapters 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. I we'll hope to see you. Well, I have a big story prepared for you this morning, but in light of the news I received earlier, it makes my problems seem pretty trivial. I'll save that for another time. Good to see you. We're very happy to see you back with us, though. That's what I, why I had my hand up. We're glad to see Larry's back with us. Don't be surprised that we're not here at communion time. I may have to go home. Becca, I'm assuming she wanted me to say something like this morning. Okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, our family is going to be welcoming an exchange student as well. Um, he'll be coming in the next couple days. We won't know for sure until Monday what flight he's going to be on, um, but also a student from Germany. Um, and I am not 100% sure on how to pronounce his name, and I don't want to do it wrong or butcher it, so you're just going to have to wait. Um, but he, uh, he loves basketball and video games, so he won't fit in with our family. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right, um, but we're, we're very excited. Um, the boys are especially excited, and um, I know that, uh, that you'll all welcome him with warm and welcoming arms the way you do everyone else who walks through these doors. So um, if you would open up your green hymnals to number 3067, Welcome to Our World, we're going to do verse 4 for our invitation to prayer.
when you hear me say the words God of justice, I invite you to reply with the words save your world. God of love and justice, you have made it clear to us that you tire of our churchy words and religious festivals and that the worship you want from us is an ethical life lived out in a society that we make just. Hear our prayers for your whole creation, saying, God of justice, save your world. We pray for the church and for all who live by faith, doing charity and advocating for social change. God of justice, save your world. Cultivate peace between nations, between people, and between political parties across this globe in all of the places where we continue to see war and violence, in the places that we continue to hear arguing and not working for the betterment of all people. God of justice, save your world. Protect and comfort those enduring the violence of war or crime or the destructive forces of nature. God of justice, save your world. Preserve those who suffer violence at home and bullying at school and embolden those who see their trouble to help bring relief and help. God of justice, save your world. Grant your healing mercies to those who are ill or facing death and uphold those who care for them. God of justice, save your world. God, we lift up to you today all of those who are in mourning. We especially lift up the family of Doug Thayer and all of the loved ones and friends of Dorothy Newman. God, ask, we ask that you would be with us in our times of grief. May your Holy Spirit come and surround us with comfort and hope. Help us to always remember there is no right way to mourn. We all do it in our own time and in our own way. Help us to remember the promise that you gave us, that you are going ahead to prepare a place for us, that we will all together, or all again, be together in paradise with you. Help us through the tears. Help us to rely on one another, to support one another, to remember that this is only part of our journey and there are greater things yet to come. God of justice, save your world. God, we also lift up prayers of thanks. We give you thanks for the healing that Larry has received and that he is back again with us in worship. We have missed him, and we hope he's missed us too. We also give thanks for the opportunity for families to host young people from another country. We pray that their time here will be one full of joy and wonderment, learning and making memories. And we pray that you will help us to Remember that as much as we will try to help them learn, 
there are many, many things that we will be able to learn from them. God of justice, save your world. Delivering God through Jesus Christ, you come to us and teach us the way of true worship, doing good, seeking justice, rescuing the oppressed, defending the orphan, and pleading for the widow. Renew in us your vision of the worship that you want, that we may take part in your work in the world by the power of your strengthening spirit through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And if you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, open us to your word that we would hear what you would say to us today through Jesus Christ, who invites us to welcome him in and even before we are ready or worthy. Amen. Our first scripture reading for this morning comes from Psalm 30, chapter 32, verses 1 through 5. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my inequity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And we are going to be singing out of this hymnal right now, the black one, The Faith We Sing, and it's going to be number 2196. If you can turn to that, and we will join in singing it. We Walk by Faith.
next scripture reading can be found on page 1205. We are in the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. This section of text carries the header, Light and Darkness, Sin and Forgiveness. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. If you'd please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. All knowing God, there are no secrets that we can hide from you. You know every part of us down to each hair on our heads, every cell in our bodies. And even with that knowledge, including all of our faults and failings, you still continue to show us love, mercy, and grace. We are humbled by your love, and we ask that you would help us to show the same love to one another and ourselves. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. May you always know the unconditional love of God, the precious grace of Jesus Christ, and the comforting presence of the Holy Spirit throughout all your life. All right, well, let's try this again. Take two. If you're confused as to what I'm referencing there and you were not able uh, to join us last week, don't feel bad because none of us were able to join us last week because of the weather. So this is take two. I'm going to try this one more time. I had planned on telling you all last week how great it is to be back with all of you once again after my time away. And it still is, don't misunderstand. I very much was happy to return to the state where I was born and raised, getting to visit with family and loved ones. But it is it was still very good to come home to this beautiful state of lakes and wildlife, the place where I believe God has led me to be, the place where our family has become more whole and to the space and time with all of you. So much has changed since I was with you on December 31st, 2023. It's a new calendar year. I haven't written the date wrong yet, although I almost wrote 1996 today for some reason. No idea where that came from. Um, 
couple big things have changed. The University of Michigan Wolverines are the new national football champions in college, their first title since 1997. I'm wondering, did you guys know that Michigan became just the sixth team in major college football history to finish 15-0? and 0? And they also set the Big Ten record for the most wins in a season. Now, for those of you who are Michigan State fans, I know that's not as exciting to hear, but you'll get them back in basketball, don't worry. So, there's other stuff, though, with with the university. There's all kinds of rumbling about their coach going to the NFL to go chase a Super Bowl. All kinds of fuss and unsure feelings. It's never very quiet in life. So here we are now, three weeks, 21 days into this new year, 2024. For the next four weeks, including today, we're going to be engaging in a new sermon series I created called A Clean Slate. And I can make a copy of the transcript for the message that would have been out last week if anyone's really, really interested, but um, there's, I don't want to back us up, so we're moving on to week two. Um, and in this series, we're going to be looking at how God continues to offer us these chances to have a, a clean slate to kind of start over to, to find redemption. Each new calendar year often kind of feels like starting on a clean slate. Many people create New Year's resolutions or, or goals they want to accomplish throughout the year, maybe losing weight, cutting back on, on smoking or drinking, maybe reading more, spending more time with loved ones, learning a new skill, start a new hobby, all that kind of stuff. And the truth is, it doesn't really matter if we've tried the exact same resolution in the past that we want to try for this year, and if we had failed in the past, because this is a new year. This is a clean slate. So you can start again. One of my favorite movies of all time is the film A Few Good Men. It was actually the first film that I ever saw starring Tom Cruise. And part of what I really love about the film is the sarcasm that his character delivers throughout. Um, Now, some of you may be already thinking ahead to where I might be going with this, but don't get ahead of me. There's, there's a scene, it's probably the well most known and most quoted scene in that film, and in this scene, Tom Cruise's character is questioning Jack Nicholson's character on the witness stand in the middle of a trial in a military court-martial. And as they go back and forth, they begin shouting at one another, and the tension is building, it's getting very, very just rough and angry. And at one point, Cruz shouts accusingly, Colonel Jessup, did you or did you not order the code red? And Jessup fires right back in anger and frustration. He says, you're goddamn right I did. 
has to be one of the more shocking confessions depicted on the silver screen. Not that anyone watching didn't assume that he was already guilty at this point in the film, but surprising in that he actually said it and admitted it, um, plus all the emotion and the fire going on in that scene. And that's just an example in cinema of what a confession can look like. We've seen some very shocking confessions in real life over really all of history, but I can think of some kind of more recent ones that really stick in my head. Jeffrey Dahmer confessed to his crimes of rape and murder and dismemberment of more than 17 men and boys over a 13-year period, even going into detail Lance Armstrong admitted, confessed that he had been guilty of taking a cocktail of drugs to help him improve his cycling and strength and performance, and he did it on television with Oprah. I wonder how many of you remember back in 2010 when tennis star Andre Agassi confessed that his famous and impressive hairstyle was actually a wig. And he was really bald. I'll admit, I didn't remember that one. I found that one on accident. None of those confessions are, were really likely expected, I think, to the vast majority of the public. Many desired probably to see them, but not expect them. Although I don't know if there were many people who were hoping to hear that Andre was bald. There's probably somebody, but maybe the line judges in the games that he played. But each of these confessions, they follow, they have these different levels of fallout, of, of severity of reaction and repercussions. Admitting that you're really bald probably isn't that horrible in the end. Admitting to murder and other serious crimes have a much more serious repercussion. But what about each of us? Should we be confessing our wrongdoings and our sins? But pastor, that's, that's a Catholic thing. We don't do that. Well, yes and no. For us as United Methodists, the act of confession is not a sacrament. And it does not involve the the setup that the Catholic Church uses with the confessional booths um, and so on. However, as United Methodists, we do acknowledge our need to confess our sin before God and one another. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Confess our sins before one another? Are we allowed to, like, just plead the fifth? Doesn't that violate some kind of privacy law or something? I mean, if, if people really knew all my sins, they might not like me. They might think differently about me. I don't want to do that. Well, before I address those concerns, I want to jump back to the whole confess our sins before God part. Now, often in United Methodist worship services, there will be a prayer of confession 
everyone together. And it might be one that is pulled from the hymnal or another one that someone else has written. And then it often follows a time of silent prayer, which is when we are supposed to confess our sins and sinfulness to God. And the prayer that we might say together, it doesn't have to be super specific in the sins that are listed. It tends to be more broad topics, like not loving our neighbor, not loving God. You're not likely to find what we call a corporate prayer, one that we would all say together, with something very specific, like, Dear God, forgive me for I have committed adultery with my coworker Pat three times a week for the last six months. However, if you ever do, please let me know because I'd be very interested to read that and curious who wrote it. <laughs> now, after the time of confession and a time of silence for personal and specific confession, that introspective part, the pastor will usually offer a declaration of pardon or forgiveness. And that declaration can really be as simple as, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. It's the combination of confession and pardon that, that remind us that we are sinners saved by grace. But you don't have to wait until Sunday morning to confess to God. You can pray and confess to God anytime, anywhere. It's between you and God. Sometimes praying soon right after something you've been struggling with can can help you in your processing, in your reconciling. And depending on how much you sin during the week, not that the amount matters, but if you tend to feel like you have a lot to confess, unless you're writing it all down, it might be hard to remember everything by Sunday morning. So, you know, you got to do what works for you. Now, I will say that you may be thinking here, well, why haven't we done a prayer of confession in worship in a long time. And I will be honest, that has been intentional on my part that we have not had a corporate prayer of confession every week. And I want to explain my reasoning. I do believe in confession and how it is something that we need to be doing. And there is something very good about doing it together as well as on our own. It is important, it has great value. I have kept it out of our services primarily because of how it might affect a first-time visitor. Now, that doesn't mean I'm trying to hide part of our faith tradition from anyone, that we're going to try and reel them in to become members and then surprise them with, you're serving on two committees, and by the way, now you've got to start doing this other thing we didn't tell you about. My motivation is that for some people, based on their life experiences, telling them that they need to confess everything that they have ever done wrong can be incredibly harmful and traumatic. I wrestle with using a confession, a corporate prayer of confession or not, in our services because I do know its importance. But I also believe one of the ways that we show love to our neighbors is to not cause them trauma or harm. It will probably be something that does 
come up from time to time in our services, but I still have not completely reconciled exactly how I feel we can, can do this without potentially causing harm or trauma. Now back to the other part, the whole confess before one another that might be freaking a few people out. So the official United Methodist website has a page all about confession. And in the section on before one another, it states that many United Methodists also gather in small groups to confess their sin to one another for support and spiritual growth. It also mentions that people in our lives who pray for us, cheer us on, and ask how things are going are a source of strength as we confront temptation. Now, I don't know how the word many is counted or qualified in those statements, but I can tell you from my own time serving in ministry, I have never been aware of such a small group. Doesn't mean there hasn't been one. I've just never been aware of it in any of my congregations. And that may have been intentional because the members, if there was such a group, may have wanted to have some privacy and hold confidence with one another, which if you're going to have a small group that does this, you need to have a covenant to hold one another's confidence. Again, I can't say for sure either way, but I would be very interested to know what the numbers are and how they break down across geographic areas, generational groups, and so on. Now, these kinds of groups that they have their roots all the way back to the earliest days of the Methodist movement. John Wesley encouraged the Methodists to meet weekly with about five people in small groups that he called a band where the members would confess their sins to one another. Now I want to highlight one other statement from that webpage where it says there is little evidence that bands were ever very popular in a formal sense. Through the years, though, many Christians have found strength in being held accountable to their vows to live as Christ would have us live. So if you aren't in a group like that, don't feel bad. They weren't popular back then either. But there are a lot of examples of, of these accountability groups or accountability partners. Many clergy have an accountability partner or group who meet on a regular basis to work through things, admit where we struggle, where we are maybe tempted, where we have failed. You will see something like this in many recovering programs like Alcoholics Anonymous. So there, there's something to this idea of confessing before one another, even if, it, even if it makes us feel a bit uncomfortable. Confessing sins to one another requires a great deal of trust. And it also requires that promise I mentioned of confidentiality. Many times these partners or groups will, will craft a covenant that the members will all agree to follow and sign and then live by as a way to help strengthen that promise to one another. So confession may not always be an easy or comfortable thing to do, whether it's to God, to one another, or maybe even to ourselves. 
But faith isn't always the easiest thing to do. At the same time, I don't believe that God would want us to, to pressure someone to do something that would cause them harm and trauma, like I mentioned before. Jesus said the two greatest commandments were to love God and love neighbor. And maybe the best way to do that and help those who are new to faith is to kind of ease them into it and introduce it in a way that, that doesn't make them feel that they're put on the spot or that they are somehow bad people, evil, that they are the worst of the worst. It's important to recognize that we are sinners, every single one of us. It's important to remember that we should never believe ourselves to be better or perfect than anyone else. There was only one person who ever walked this earth who was perfect, and they're not in this room or any other sanctuary in the physical presence. I think it's, though, in how we share this reality with others that is crucial. I want to ask you to take a few moments this week to, to consider what things you might feel that you really need to confess to God. Also consider what things maybe you feel you need to confess to someone else. And if it's someone that you feel you can trust, have that conversation with them. Again, not pressuring, but do your best to be honest with yourself. It's important that we acknowledge that the forgiveness that we receive is by the grace and love of Jesus Christ. When we can be honest with ourselves and honest with God, that's when the whole picture kind of comes together. But again, in any way that you do this, always do it with love. Amen. If you would turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. So confession may not always be an easy or comfortable thing to do, whether to God or to one another, but faith is not always an easy... Oops, sorry. There we go. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth or you had formed the earth, from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenants to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. 
Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. You sent a star to guise wide, wise men to where the Christ was born, and in your signs and witness, in every age and throughout all the world, you have led your people from afar places to his light. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my body, which is, or, sorry, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. What that means is that this table does not belong to me, to this church, to our denomination. This table belongs to Jesus Christ and he alone, and he has invited all to come and partake. It doesn't matter your age, your race, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, identification, your financial or social standing, all those ways we try and divide ourselves from one another, those boxes that we cram people into, not what he sees. He looks out and sees beloved siblings, children of God. And all the, he asks is that when you come forth to partake, you do so with an open heart. This morning, you will be dismissed by Rose. You come forward, you'll be given a piece of bread and then have the option of a small cup of juice or wine. 
You can then receive your elements in one of two ways. The first is called intinction, which is a big word that means you take your bread, dip it in your juice or wine, and then receive the elements together. Your other option is to eat the bread and then drink your juice or wine. They're both fine. Neither one's better than the other, more special. Neither one's going to get you a better grade when it's all over. Again, all that he asks is that you come with an open heart. Brothers and sisters, the table has been set. Come and taste that God is good.
Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to rise as you are able for our closing hymn in the thin black hymnal of the faith we sing, number 2158, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Beloved children of God, siblings of Christ Jesus, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow, trusting in the power of God to do all things. And now may the deliverance of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit go with us all and give us peace. Amen.